Today's episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by SK Hynix, the maker of fastest-in-class SSDs. SK Hynix developed the world's first 128-layer NAND-based consumer SSD and is the world's second-largest memory manufacturer. But what really sets them apart is incredible performance at affordable prices, surprising power efficiency, and five-year warranties. In fact, SK Hynix makes PC World's top picks for best all-around SSD and best NVMe SSD. Grab the gold P31 or S31 on Amazon and give your PC a big upgrade today. In this episode of The Full Nerd, GeForce 3060 and Intel Rocket Lake. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 164. I'm your host, Gord Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yee. Happy New Year, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. In the first normal episode of 2021. Uh, we're here. Yeah. After, after a CES that, that was all virtual. Uh, yeah. Not, not as exciting. Really CES. Yeah. Not as exciting. Uh, but yep. still some you good guys stuff. did some really fun, interesting videos last week, though. I was having fun watching them all. Yeah, there's a lot of news. There was a lot of news, right? That was the weird thing is you sort of thought CES, virtual CES would not be a big deal, but there was actually a lot of, a lot of punching back and forth between AMD and Intel. Yeah, a, a lot and of Nvidia laptop. news too. Oh right? yeah, a lot of laptop stuff. But man, I, I tell you, what, on the desktop, I think the 3060 is the thing that's getting most people excited. Brad, I want to hear your thoughts on the recently announced RTX 3060. Please tell us what happened. Okay. Uh, yes, you guys talked about it in the live stream last week that I couldn't make. Uh, the 3060 that NVIDIA announced, it's going to be a $330 Ampere GPU, which is great. It's great to see, you know, NVIDIA's next-gen cards making it down to more mainstream prices, at least in theory. Uh, let me find the numbers right here. Yeah, it has 3,584 CUDA cores, so well under 1,000 CUDA cores less than the 3060 Ti. Uh, but the big thing worth mentioning about it is that it has 12 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM over 192-bit bus. So somewhat bizarrely, the $330 RTX 3060 has more memory capacity than the pricier 3060 Ti, than the 3070, and even the 3080, even though the 3080, you know, has GDDR6X, which is faster. Which I've I've heard people already saying they need to, to sell the 3080 and get a 3060. Uh, they, they feel burned. Brad, should they, should you, they really feel burned? I, I, I want to know this right off the bat. Is this really a huge deal? You absolutely should not feel burned. I would have preferred to see the 3080 have 12 gigabytes of memory as well. Uh, but the 10 gigabytes is going to hold up fine in most titles. And the reason that uses GDDR6X memory is because it's faster and it's better for high resolution. It gives it more bandwidth. So there's a reason NVIDIA crafted that part how it did. So definitely, this is a kind of a weird card to put 12 gigabytes on, to be honest. Hmm. Uh because if you look at the 3060 Ti and the 3070, they're really, really good 1440p graphics cards. Uh, they have 8 gigabytes. Those ones would be the ones you would hope would have, you know, 12 gigabytes of memory. They'd be a lot better suited for it. They could even be decent 4K cards if they have 12 gigabytes of memory. Uh, considering that the 3060 has over 1,000 fewer CUDA cores than the 3060 Ti, 
this is going to be probably like a 1440p 60 frames a second or a high-end 1080p kind of class GPU would be my guess. Uh, in which case, 12 gigabytes is kind of overkill. But 6 gigabytes would have been underkill, and that's really the options they had with the memory configuration, either 6 or 12. And so I'm glad that they did go with the 12. It seems like a bit of a market move, marketing move at this point versus AMD than something you'll tangibly use, but it's better than not having at least eight gigabytes. Yeah, and Adam, did people really, I mean, you made that up. I hate to, to use that, uh, that phrase of straw, straw nerd argument that there's no such thing. You're just making, do people really say they would want to sell a 3080 to get a 3060 just based on the RAM? I mean, the, I'm sure it's a joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure there's a joke in our chat. Uh, but I would say there was the confusion was real. Uh, the the frustration was real. I don't think anyone is actually mm-hmm. going to go sell something. But uh, people were already bummed by the amount of RAM in their 3080 for the people who have 3080s. Uh, that is definitely a, a, a contentious point. And then to see the $330 card come out, at least on paper, with more RAM uh, was kind of a head-scratcher. Um, and don't forget that the whole reason that we had like 4 gigabyte and 8-gigabyte uh, Radeon 580s and you know different cards with different memory configurations in the past is because the bigger number of the box sells. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to know the intricacies, the difference between GDDR6 over a 192-bit bus versus GDDR6X for over a you know a much wider bus. So I can imagine definitely people going, what the hell, my 3080 has 10, this has 12. Yeah, I, I just I, – I'm just – I know that people are going to be all upset about it, but it's just like, come on. You know, I and I think there's so many things that, that – people forget to 3060 is sort of aimed more at a more mainstreamish crowd. And those are people who are even less aware, aware of like, you know, GDDR six X versus GDDR six and bus width as Brad said. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I'm sure people are going to be screaming, screaming about it everywhere, but it's just like the whole marketing thing. Ram is just sort of like that crazy, People just get over the whole RAM thing, you know? People looking to upgrade might. Oh, go ahead, Elena. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm actually more surprised that there aren't more people who, uh, with a 3060 Ti or wanted to buy a 3060 Ti that are upset, honestly, and more vocal. Like, I feel like the more vocal contingent has been people who, uh, like Adam was saying, are looking at the higher end cards that are commenting on this marketing play. But really, I feel like, as Gordon just pointed out, that the people who, in theory, are buying these mainstream cards are the ones who are going to be more upset because it's really confusing, right? Like, are you really going to know off the bat that one has a, like a, a smaller, slower bus than the other? No, you're going to dig into it. But I don't think, well, actually, Brad should go because he had a thought, too. Mine's a totally different thought, so you can go ahead. I think those people really don't even know the difference. And it is just cynical marketing, unfortunately, that they they see 12 gigabytes and they think it's better than 6 gigabytes. And really, if they're going to be playing down at like 1080p res, does it is it going to really matter, you know, 6 versus 12? I doubt it. Don't you think? Well, I mean, more like if I... 
it just seems like a weird thing to do to themselves because like if I was somebody who's not really into super specs, right. And just want to buy a new card to replace what I've got or to put in my, my new build. Um, I'm going to look at the 3060 and say, Oh, it's got, you know, more Ram than the 3060 Ti. I guess I can save some money and get this one instead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I totally seems, agree with you. It just seems like a strange play to make with it. Just, it confuses kind of the stack to, to me. It is. It's confusing. It's weird. Uh, and to me, I think this is clearly NVIDIA reacting to AMD going with its higher memory count. Oh, I just nearly pulled this off my head uh, with the higher memory count in the Radeon cards that just came out uh, because they had the options for six and 12 gigabyte with this memory configuration. Looking over the product stack from the GeForce lineup so far, it's clear that this card originally was going to get six gigabytes of memory and AMD coming out with so much memory. And it's clear that they're probably going to keep going, you know, pushing memory all the way down, forced NVIDIA to do this, which is great because if it would have been a 1440p card with six gigabytes of memory, and I don't think that cuts it in 2020. So I think this is NVIDIA scrambling to react to AMD, but it works out good for consumers. Do you think people who buy the 3060 range are 1440p players, though? I mean, $300 yeah, is... You could, I guess, but it still feels like most people are still playing 1080p. It's going to wind up being uh, like no compromises, 1080p card, decent, you know, 1440p card is going to be my guess. I mean, 330 bucks when the 1060 came out four years ago, something like that, three or four years ago, uh, the 1060 could play 1440p games at 60 frames per second on high. And that card cost 250 bucks when it came out. I think that's going to be the bigger sticker shock for people who traditionally, you know, stick in this price range. They're not going to worry so much about the 12 gigabyte versus 8 gigabyte memory. They're going to go, hey, I bought a 1060 for 250 bucks. This is 330 bucks. What the heck? (laughs) And I don't think that it's going to be 330 bucks out the, the gate would be my guess. Obviously, because the way the world's going, you know, all throughout CES week, we saw graphics cards makers saying, hey, these are going to get like $70 to $100 more expensive for existing models. I would expect to see that with this one as well. And there are reports coming out that NVIDIA is probably not going to have a founder's edition to establish that baseline price. Mm. Uh, hmm. NVIDIA hasn't said anything about it, but on the slide that they showed at CES that had the specs uh, for the card, it was all partner models. So if these are all partner models in the midst of all the partners saying, hey, we're going to have to jack prices. This probably isn't going to be a $330 card anywhere near it anyway. Mm. What, what do you, do you have a, like a, a gut guess? Uh, somebody in the chat, what is it, Tech with Sean saying, probably closer to 400 Do you think? That yeah, sounds? that would be my guess. I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm hoping that they somehow managed to build this expected tariff expiration and whatnot into it, but I'm not hopeful. <laughs> mm. That's so, yeah, yeah, it's just going to be a fun year for, for graphics card buyers, I think. Ugh, really does seem like we're going to have to wait until March for relief to really come. Change administration, yeah, more supply. We'll see. I mean, d- does, that, know, right? does that mean at some point it will be $330 or just like... Hopefully. They, they announced it, with... but it's never going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen in the near future. Mm. It's that's what happened during the last cryptocurrency boom two or three years ago. Cards were getting announced, and they were immediately, you know, a hundred plus bucks more. 
Hmm. And that was before all this with demand and logistics and everything was already increasing prices. So I expect it to be much more expensive. I expect this to be the price that the 3060 Ti is. Everything's going to shift up if you can find them. It doesn't feel like things will change, I mean, realistically for 18 to 24 months either, if we're lucky, Uh, right? We'll see. I don't know. I'd. That's a long time in the world of technology and modern logistics and shipping and everything. So I don't want to be that pessimistic, but I, it does. It'll be at least a few more months, I think. Yeah, it's. I just. It doesn't. I don't know. It'd be great. I mean, again, obviously, everybody is saying they have more inventory coming, and I guess there has got to be a certain point where people are satiated you don't need to keep buying 3080s or 3070s or 3060s or, or radeon 6000s right you just eventually have enough so mm-hmm. i guess well, i just kind of like at this point i'm like you know what i'll believe it when i see it it's also like look at that piece you just ran last week talking about how steam doubled its gaming yep. base last year all those people got a taste for it now too so you yep. know the, that's been the demand that's coming up with it and now you know as people are going to be able to go into the year with their return stimulus checks and tax returns and stuff. They're going to be looking for that too. People who've just been gaming on their laptops. So I think it's going to be a demand issue just as much for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, I was saying what last week, my friend's son was like, Hey, is this a good price for this RX? I think it was a 5,700. I don't even know if it was an XT, but it was like $500. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Was it I used mean, it's new? <laughs> no, it was new, but oh, okay. it was just like there's just nothing else to buy, right? So then I guess fifty seven hundreds, and I went and looked, and there were definitely there were definitely people selling retailers fifty seven hundred XTs for you know four five hundred dollar range, and I was like, I was like, how much did that card come out? I was like, I had to look. It's like yeah, it was like a three hundred fifty dollar range card, right? Yeah, yeah it was exactly three fifty. I have some housework getting done soon. I wonder if I can offer him my old 1080 Ti for yeah. uh, shape a little bit off the top. I actually went and looked at some used prices of GPUs, and some of them were some of them are reasonable, and some were not reasonable. It felt like so, like a 1080 yeah. Ti, even like I mean, like 20 series, used 20 series, you think would be some of them were okay, some were it just it sort of is very hit or miss. Uh, well, I, I I know I'm pretty sure some of us uh, made predictions on the, a 3080 Ti, uh, maybe not around <laughs> CES time frame, but I I did see some people in the chat uh, kind of uh, bummed there was no 3080 Ti announced at CES, uh, you know maybe to help offset the the whole RAM thing. Um, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a strategic thing tied to all of a sudden everybody's saying, hey, these graphics cards are going up because of these tariffs. For that to happen and then NVIDIA to announce a card that's probably $1,000, and then, you know, next thing you know, it comes out at 1200 bucks. That'd be real bad optics. Yeah. So if they gave it a few months, they can, you know, be like, this is just what it is now, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Plus, you know, I, I think people, re- it was a really big launch for NVIDIA. And well, on the AMD side too with Ryzen 5000, but on the mobile parts, these are the same dyes, right? I mean, for the mm-hmm. 3080s, the 3070s, they're almost the same dyes anyway. They're not quite, but... One thing, I found, 
One thing I found interesting is that the desktop 3060 actually has fewer CUDA cores than the mobile 3060, which is not something you ever see. Yeah, it's really weird, right? And then the 3080 has, what, does it have more CUDA cores than the 3070? But, you know, of course, less than a 3080 and then that 16 gigs on the, you know, full power 3080 and then the Max-Q one is 8 gigs. So Yeah, it's all it's all kinds of weird over there. But it's real weird because the 3070 and the 3080 mobile are both significantly nerfed compared to their desktop ones, whereas the... 3060 is actually has more CUDA cores than that. I can't recall the last time I've seen a mobile part have more CUDA cores in it than the desktop part. I'm actually interested. This, I mean, the, the interesting thing we'll find out eventually when we see reviews of these cards or where they fall in performance, mm-hmm. whether a 3080 is even the full power one is even close to, you know, a desktop part, you know, we'll see. Right. But it is a, it's a laptop. You can't, you're not going to get that infinite power and high TDP of a desktop. So what are you going to do? But Speaking of performance, NVIDIA did a slide for the desktop 3060 showing comparisons against the 2060 and the 1060. And I was actually kind of surprised by how close the 2060 and 3060 were. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a significant upgrade over the 2060, which is always the case. You should always wait two generations anyway. We always say that. But the rest of these Ampere things, uh, like the 3080 is much faster than the 2080 Ti was, and the 3070 is much faster than the 3080 was. It was the 3080 Super. Uh, so to see this card in NVIDIA's ch- one chart that I shared not be that much further ahead in the 2060, uh, yeah, in most scenarios was really surprising to me. So, rasterized games, and I guess the ray tracing performance is really good. No, the, you know. their chart has two rasterized games and four RTX games. Oh, hmm. But is there? I mean, we're talking twenty percent only. twenty percent, or are we talking? Did it look like fifteen percent? No, it looks like ten, 10 to twenty percent. With hmm. Watch Dogs Legion being the biggest gainer, but it's still. 20 frames from 40 to 60 FPS. Interesting. I, you know, that's kind of a bummer, I guess, but I guess for, would you even upgrade then from a 1060? From a 1060, that was from a 2060. From a 1060, it's a significantly more, I would definitely upgrade from a 1060. Although, like I said, these days it's $80 more expensive than it was when you bought your 1060. So, right. At least 80. If you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. If you're lucky. Eighty, if you're lucky. Ah, oh, man, mm-hmm. that's like- yeah. That's interesting. That twenty. Well, that twenty sixty. Of course, of all the of all the twenty series cards, that was the one that was the most disrespected. It felt like as far as the ray tracing performance mm-hmm. on, on the new, in the original launch. Mm-hmm. Disrespected uh, in what sense? It just felt like well, the well, the ray tracing was kind of like oh, you know, it was not. You you were not going to be blown away by 2060 ray tracing performance versus, you know, 2080 Ti or yeah, or my or maybe I'm thinking of laptops because laptops were tough. It was way worse on laptops. It was way but worse yeah. on laptops. <laughs> but but yeah, it is. I mean, the, the 2060 wasn't bad, especially once it got down to 300 bucks. This card's actually the 2060 launched at 350, so this is actually 20 dollars cheaper than the 2060 was. So. Oh, so it's a great deal then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're losing money not getting one. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well speaking of getting one, when when can people get one? Uh, late think? February, maybe is can try when they one. launch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When can you get a 3080? So until <laughs> yeah, we know when you can get a 3080, I'm not going to talk about this card that's coming out four months later. <laughs> so I, and, and I know around the other launches, you know, there's a lot of people being like, why'd they even announce it if they don't have stock to launch it with? Do you think stock's going to be better? Do you think it's going to be the yeah, same? Fr- from everything I've seen, from everything I've heard from people who I talk to and from everything I've seen from other reporters and YouTube channels and stuff like that, 3060 Ti had the healthiest amount of stock. Uh, compared to any of the other launches, which makes sense because as you get down to the cheaper ones, the dies are smaller uh, and you can pump out more of them from a wafer. Uh, so I expect there to be, you know, a lot. I think Chainlink and NVIDIA in my mind, they would say, if we compare this to previous launches, we would feel we're in a very strong strategic place kind of a deal. But, you know, it being the current GPU crunch that it is, it's going to sell out immediately would be my guess. Yeah. Even though there's more, there's also more people who tend to buy in that range. So, Yeah. Those team stats were very eye-opening to me. Like, I had a feeling people were gaming more, but for them to come out and say, yeah, man, we, you know, we doubled Steam's player base this year is, that's real eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> and hurt everybody's data caps on the way. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Some of those game downloads are just nuts. Yeah, that there were. I I wish I don't have the story up, but it was it was definitely like several million one terabyte hard drives, right? I forgot. What it was. <laughs> There's a lot of data yeah. that was downloaded. Although what I, they it was uh, it was Cyberpunk, who actually sort of like set that new high level of downloads. Uh yeah, it had the most preloads ever. Uh, yeah. If if you talk about sheer bandwidth, that won't be the case because it's I think sixty gigs. And there are plenty of games that are well over 100 gigs these days. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I wrote this story. I can remember it, of course. <laughs> I mean, Dude. CES was was a blur. Still CES. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a hard hard week last week and a half. So, yeah. But yeah so that's the 3060. Yeah. I'm really curious what the things are going to look like even in just half a year. It's going yeah. to be it's so it's so unpredictable this year just because we don't know how things are going to change in terms of you know, the U.S. administration, the situation with tariffs, situation with mining, situation with uh, vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. Laptops. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing you can predict is it will be unpredictable is probably the, <laughs> the one thing that will be correct. Who knows what it's going to end up being? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, who knows what it's going to end up being, Rocket Lake S. We we had an interview with Intel. Uh, they told us some stuff, and then some some not other stuff. <laughs> what uh, what have you been able to gleam in the the week since uh, the announcement, Gordon? Well, unfortunately, I turned my brain off. So all I know is you basically take and the thing that always kind of kills me is I I kept thinking, well, it's it's Tiger Lake cores, right? Whatever Cove cores were in Tiger Lake. Oh no, no, it's 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 actually. It's actually Cypress Cove cores, which are basically, which are not the same cores necessarily because they called it Sunny Cove when it was in the original Ice Lake. So 10th gen, so they take the 10th gen Ice Lake X86 cores, which were the basis for Sunny Cove. They take those, instead of doing it in 10 nanometer, they they build it on 14 nanometer because, hey, by the way, Intel's got buttloads of 14 nanometer capacity. So now you're building a 
14 nanometer version of the x86 cores from Ice Lake, but then you take the graphics cores that came out with Tiger Lake, which were the Iris uh, XE cores, which are very, very decent cores. You take the graphics cores, you jam them into Ice Lake, and uh, you also put a new media encoder engine, the latest media encoding decode engine that they have. And you have uh, basically Intel's Rocket Lake, which will bring PCIe 4, basically a 10 nanometer, you basically a new microarchitecture for desktops for the first time in a long, long time, it feels like. 2015, I think. 2015, you know, some people say Sky Lake, some people say Cable Lake, whatever. But all it means is you're looking at, you know, Ice Lake cores, but in 14 nanometer with Iris XE. In an LGA 1200 socket in a new chipset, bringing PCIe 4.0, 20 lanes. So 16, um, 16 for graphics plus another four that you can put in your PCIe 4.0 for the SSD. And then also the DMI is increased, uh, band, doubled the bandwidth to eight lanes. So now you can then run all of your cool, neat stuff in the Southbridge PCH without running into those bottlenecks getting back up to the CPU. And in CPU, a CPU that will boost up to 5.3 gigahertz. And of course, remember, this is a new microarchitecture for desktop. And you're looking at 19% increase in IPC over basically a Skylake, KB Lake, um, MA. And it's actually looking like a decent chip. The, the big minus for the core count people is, is an eight core. You're actually going from 10 cores in Comet Lake. S down to eight cores in Rocket Lake S, and that is simply because you can't fit them all on there. You can't, you know, they couldn't make the die any bigger. There are sort of limitations to putting it all in there, so, you know, we're going to have to leave two off. But we're going to make up for it with our increased IPC. Yeah, I got the quote right here from Brent Gutridge. Uh, That's who you guys talked to last week, right? Uh, He said that, so... As we looked at the microarchitecture, we ported the 10 nanometer cove design for both the CPU and the graphics back to the 14 nanometer node. And since 10 nanometer has smaller transistors and the 14 nanometer ones are larger, the most they could fit in there was eight. So back ported, yeah. right? That was the whole terminology yeah. they were using. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've seen some people get aggro about that. It's like, it's not whatever, blah, blah, blah. It is, it is basically the new, it's a newer design we have seen in desktop in a long time. So I think. And of course, TDP, he said, is like, mm, I think it's going to be about the same 125, 125, of course. It's the TDP will kick up as, as under certain loads quite a bit and motherboard, all that stuff. But I think a lot of people are really discounting Rocket Lake. I think it'll actually be a decent part for what it is. And I think one thing that is interesting is there's some pricing that is kind of leaked. And I think think it was like 550-ish, which kind of makes sense because Intel showed it going up against the 5900X, which is in theory a $550 CPU. Am I right? I don't know if somebody can... Yeah, that has 12 cores. That has 12 cores, so you're going to lose four cores. But, you know, I think it'll really come down to, let's be honest, uh, for most people, unless you're using 12 cores, 24 threads, you're going to want, clearly going to want Ryzen. But for a lot of people that are gamers, let's you know, most people games there's no that fantasy of you needing twenty four threads for games that just it's not real. 
I think it's going to be a decent part for it's in, for some some things you can cut out, which you know you weren't able to say about Comlink S versus uh, Ryzen five thousand. And of course, the big deal, and this is the thing that I think Intel can really have a winning design here is, hey, we got the damn things. We, we got the damn things. Yeah, you know yeah. what? You can get your 12 cores in 2022 from AMD. We got it right now. And I think if Intel can get these chips out, performance is decent, and they just sort of like, we're going to blow it out. Everybody's going to have these things for, you know, hey, we say 550, whatever. It's actually going to like retail at 529. Then, you know, mm-hmm. it could be a winner. Yeah, being able to buy them is... If that happens, that's going to be the big difference. I mean, that's what it is. They don't have to go to TSMC, and that's the big thing for them right now. Yeah, yep. they it have made a difference over the holidays. Chain. Yeah, yeah. I have, I'm bummed I didn't buy one of those 9900Ks. To be honest, or 329 yeah. or 320. Let's not forget that price is also going to play a role in it too. So yeah, they, they 550, they, 550 hertz. That's yeah. so I'm saying. Like they can't come out being the old Intel when it comes to pricing. They're going to have to be a little more aggressive on that. Just a well, little bit. Yeah, but if I guess the way they could see it is like, look, if we're like 500 for eight core, very high IPC, high clocks, going against realistically a $700, 5900X, then maybe it's priced right. Because you ain't yeah. finding 5900X for $500 or 550 right now. Oh, I, I get you that. You can but... always drop prices, but you can never raise them. Mm, yeah. I know. Well, just it'll be interesting to see how uh, the market responds to it. Yeah, you know what's funny is because I wasn't there a deal on some 8700Ks today, and I was like, hmm. You know, I looked up 9900Ks, like, oh, those are, you know, that's a pretty fair price too. But then I looked up like a 10.9, like a, it's like a 10850K or, you know, some of those, those 10 series parts are like, prices are like, wow, this is like really good pricing in a way. It's kind of weird. You just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. I was blown away. I was like, I don't think I'd buy an 8700K when I can get a 10 series. Yeah, you may have to pay more for a newer motherboard, but at least you can maybe drop in a future Rocket Lake Park. Whereas, you know, eighth gen, you're sort of kind of dead end already. I think we're at the point where pretty much, you know, Rocket Lake and whatever next gen Ryzen is are all basically dead ends at this point. So I think at this point, you're going to wind up buying whatever works for you. No, but I mean, my thought is like for an eighth series, if you yeah, bought an eighty seven hundred yeah. or even a nine ninth gen, that that motherboard mm-hmm. is not going to allow you to go to a tenth gen part, right? Yeah. But if yep, you bought yep. a if you bought a tenth gen CPU, an existing you know Comet Lake part, LGA twelve hundred for a good price, you could go up to a Rocket Lake for whatever that is comes out in, in at. Whereas for ninth yep. gen, eighth gen. Even Ryzen 5000, you're not going to probably go any further. We don't know because you never know till you know. Which that's a little bit different from Intel's playbook. That's uh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's just it definitely feels different, you know. I mean, people like to point out, yeah, Intel has been pretty solid at giving you two generations in the socket. And, of course, mm-hmm. some people would argue that the difference between an 8th gen and a ninth gen was not that different, so... Gordon, did they say when they're going to come out with these parts? So, Oof, when I don't they remember say it? seeing it's that. It's supposed to be they're doing a preview. They're basically showing it, you know, faster in gaming than a than a than a fifty nine hundred X. And I think the official guidance is, you know, first quarter. So yeah. probably end of the first quarter. Man, so. they're at, 
if they're going to play their advantage, man, they better do it soon because I'm already starting to see more 5,600 and 5,800 X's come out. Like I'm still waiting for a 5,900 X, but like my price alerts have been lighting up in the last week over the last weekend about the 5,800 and 5,600 X. What are they? As, as someone who wants a 5,600 X, I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, you should have told me. I would have, dang, I didn't know. I would have told you. Sorry, man. Mm-hmm. How so, much, uh, I'm not buying right the second anyway, but how, how much of the, those, the 5,600 X and 5,800 X. Oh, so actual retail price. Actual retail. Like I actually picked up a spare 5,800 X just in case I can't get a 5,900 X. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> But yeah, it was on Amazon. I looked and I was just like, oh, okay. It's like, it was like 15 minutes after the alert and it was still in stock. So I think that kind of tells you that I think there's enough, there's more in the channel. But I looked this morning and there weren't any. I think, no, I mean, like-, like, I don't think it's just like available, like just widely, but the it's fact it up. came, the fact that it came back and that there was more this run, it seems like than in previous ones is to me, hopefully a good sign. Yeah, I hope so. Which, I I would, yeah. Gordon, you did have that uh, the that article uh, where you the the quote from Lisa Sue about hearing people's uh, worries about supply, right? Yeah, yeah. Do, no, do you remember they, what the what the quote was? Basically, she said there's lots more coming. It's going to take a while to work its way through all the channels to consumers, but you know they 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 feel your pain. They understand people are frustrated, but there's more coming. And again, uh, it just doesn't, you don't just simply turn a dime and you suddenly make, you know, 50% more parts. But I think they, they basically are steering toward like, yeah, we can sell everything we can make now. So it takes a while for all those things to, to line up. I don't know if that really means that Intel has anything to worry about this quarter, though. I would like it to have to be that, but I don't really. I don't really sense that because I was looking this morning, man. 10 gen parts are like falling off trees still. So <laughs> I, I like that. I, I get the feeling that's going to be a while before we see a lot of Radeon cards because it's all coming out of that seven nanometer process. And I think the consoles and Ryzen are just going to get first dibs. I think there's a yeah. reason they didn't show those graphics chips at CES. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot for, I mean, it's crazy to think. You got server, you got desktop, you got consoles, you got mm-hmm. Radeon. I mean, those yeah. parts are going everywhere. You got laptops now, right? You got laptops, Ryzen 5000, the laptops. That is just, that is a lot of capacity to make up. And like we were saying, the uh, the consoles are probably eating into the Ryzen and Radeon availability at the end of last year. It's probably the same with the laptop Ryzen parts because they would have had to hold these in reserve so they could ship them to the OEM so they can do the launch this quarter. So it's all a big intertangled mess. And I think desktop enthusiasts are probably the lowest rung on the totem pole. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Rocket Lake. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. Any, I'm excited. I think it's going. Like, I think I did this as a prediction, but I think it's going to just eke ahead of Ryzen 5000 in gaming. Yeah, that's my guess. They showed it there, and I think it'll be a pretty reasonable part for what it is. I am interested to see the thermals and power consumption, though, because there were a lot of early reports that it was a stupidly hot and power hungry part. But who knows? We'll wait and see. 
we will wait and see. Uh, but before we uh, move on to our viewer Q and A uh, portion, uh, as always, get your questions in in the chat at me at PC World or get them over on Discord. Uh, I do want to give a little uh, shout out again to our sponsor of this episode, SK Hynix, uh, who make uh, uh, NVMe SSDs and uh, PC, uh, PCIe based SSDs. We um, actually have a build coming up this Friday. I'm going to be building a uh, another high-end gaming box uh, with SK Hynix drives in there. So uh, tune in for that on Friday. Uh, Elena's got a build coming up uh in february with some sk hanix drives as well we we got some mm-hmm. got some some good stuff coming in uh from the sponsorship so thanks again f- to uh to sk hanix for, for sponsoring that and the full nerd yeah the full nerd love it uh Ooh. so let's uh let's get over to q a uh we have a lot of questions lined up we from do. the we past do. month of non uh traditional shows uh the first uh, couple i want to get to is, is came to us from um youtube uh, we got super chats from the first one is from lou suffer always i always love that and gave us six dollars and 66 cents <laughs> just to be on on theme uh and said not a question but a comment uh biden just picked gordon for his uh pcmr cabinet uh first move is to get <laughs> pc cards in stock uh, congratulations <laughs> yeah. gordon Defense uh, Production Act. You'll get it with, yeah, you can vote for Defense Production Act to make <laughs> graphics cards and CPUs. Nice, nice. Uh, and I got uh, a, another super chat from VC Jester, but I'm going to hold on to that. Don't worry, I'll, I'll get to it. Um, from uh, over on YouTube, uh, Steph, uh, Stefan Hart is asking, uh, what are the chances we get a Zen 3 refresh before they move to AM5? I'm holding out on a 5000 series just in case. I think there's a chance. You know, they played that XT card last time. I just, you know, everything just feels so supply constrained right now that I don't know. You know, it's sort of like, do you really want to push out, dangle another part out there that's just going to make people angry they can't get them? So I, that's what it's going to come down to. I feel like they could do it. They would time it, of course, AMD has a good idea probably where Rocket Lake will land. So they could push it up because... These are competitive companies. They like <laughs> they like crapping on each other's products with new parts. So there's an entire possibility you will see an XT part time just to to crush uh, Rocket Lake if they can. But but again, if you can't buy it, that's just going to make people more angry. Yeah, I'm skeptical. Well, I'm skeptical this year for everything you just said. I just I don't. Unless they're able to beat, if Rocket Lake does beat them by 2% and they're able to roll out a 5900 XT that beats that by 1%, they might do that just to get the reviews out there. But I think everyone's going to be paying full price for these for into the foreseeable future. And that was a big part of the XT lineup, I think, for the third gen refresh is the prices kept continually dropping down on Ryzen parts as they do. And then they put those out and they let them reestablish it at the the higher established price points. And I don't think that's going to be a concern whatsoever this generation. Yeah. And, you know, they still, I still think it's, if you need more cores, you know, obviously it's going to be all rising, right? So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we got a good one over in Discord from Randy. 
uh, I'm just going to say that. Uh, why can't we have an APU as strong as a PS5 or Xbox Series X? If bandwidth is the problem, AMG, AMD can just put one or two chips of HBM. Why? Well, I think it's just because it doesn't make any sense for desktop PCs, especially. You you basically you have they they run on GDDR6, right? So DDR4 is just so much slower. Are you really going to integrate, you know, GDDR6 onto a package or redesign the socket just to there's just you're redesigning the entire motherboard if you're going to go with, you know, um soldered on memory onto a motherboard and we know how of course the desktop community feels about soldered on memory. I just and then at the end of the day <laughs> You do all this work to basically equal a PS5, which, as we know from people who watch these video, equal of what, 1070? I don't know what it is like. <laughs> 970 or 870? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's so slow, that PS5. It's like, it's like a 50-year-old PC or something like that. It's got, like, strings and wires coming out of it. I'm just making that up, but <laughs> I just don't think it's really worth it when you can just drop in a, you know, $200 graphics card and just crush any any console in actual performance. So it's just not really worth it, except for yeah. very specialized designs like a Nook style. And, and I just don't think it makes sense for the money. I uh, have a couple thoughts. One being, look at how big that freaking cooler is in the PS5 when they tear it down. Uh, it's going to be real hard to cool that unless you're using liquid cooling, I guess, if you're doing APU. But I actually think this is a really good time for AMD to consider doing something like that. I think if they could figure out a way to integrate HBM2 or something like that into an APU that has RDNA2, probably Vega cores, but hopefully RDNA2 cores with the modern Ryzen processor, graphics cards are only getting more expensive. Uh, we were just talking about the 3060. That used to be a 200 to $250 part. It's 350 bucks now or 330 bucks before the inevitable inflation. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity for a company like AMD to put out kick-ass APUs and make them like, hey, the ultimate, you know, console competitor kind of deal so that you can build uh, t- you can buy this chip for 200 bucks and your kid can play Fortnite and play League of Legends and play Dota with his friends kind of a deal because $200 graphics cards, if they exist, are going to be extremely nerfed to compared of three $200 graphics cards of the past, I think. I think it's still- just creeping up for discrete graphics cards. It'll still be faster than the PS5 though, Brad. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to see. Um, my take on that question is far more pragmatic, and I would say the reason why it doesn't exist is because one, you don't want to, you want to piss off your partners like that by basically yep. coming out with a competing part. And two, honestly, I feel like the scale wouldn't be enough. You know, like to to sell that as a standalone kind of part to PC builders. I mean, that's cool for us. Like we always like interesting hardware, right? But I just don't think enough people would buy it for for them to be able to offer it at a price that would be affordable. Like Microsoft and Sony are getting, you know, a cheaper price because they're just having them made in such huge numbers. That wouldn't be the same amount on the PC side. But honestly, I think that's an opportunity for Intel if they were to (laughs) want... No, I'm serious. Like if they were to go that route, if they decided they wanted to kind of horn in on that territory... 
Like they're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing their own in-house graphics now. It'd be mm-hmm. an interesting showcase for it. It'd be great. That's in line with what I was thinking. I could picture uh, AMD partnering with someone like Alienware to offer like a $500 nut kind of thing. Like the Steam machines, that never happened. Alienware mm-hmm. was real big on that. If they can make, you know, console competitor and have Alienware make it, I almost just cussed. I shouldn't cuss. Uh, <laughs> I completely derailed myself. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's potential and opportunity there, especially with the way the graphics card market is going. And I know my wife works at a school. She tells me tons of kids have been asking for PC parts, which she's never seen before. Usually people are asking for consoles and stuff. They want PC parts to be able to play Fortnite with their friends. They want to, you know, go do stuff like that. And I think there is a big opportunity there, but graphics cards being so what they are, I would love to see it. Well, I, I'm going to just reiterate that I disagree 100 percent because i think it's just a complete waste of money to chase consoles because who cares it just doesn't matter for the pc you're already there you already have the the magic of the pc is open architecture low cost commodity Mm -hmm. parts so to run down this road to try to compete with consoles it just it doesn't make any sense and it also to me, doesn't play to the strength of the PC. And it also is trying to like, is there something the console does that's really better that you need to make a small box version of it? Me, you can already it do doesn't, small PCs. So what I'm thinking is it doesn't have to match the PS5. It doesn't have to match the Xbox Series X. I think there's just a way for them to create a chip that advances significantly beyond the Ryzen APUs that they already have. And that's what I would love to see. You know, actually, Elena and Brad, you've convinced me. I've changed my mind now 100%. I want you to go to your calendar and look to the year 2027. You know what? This whole PCIe thing is just a waste of time. AMD and Intel says, you know, we really need really high-efficient, highly integrated parts. So we will now integrate our x86 cores with our highly efficient graphics cores that we've been developing for years. And you will just simply buy a motherboard with an integrated CPU soldered in place with integrated RAM soldered in place. And you yeah. don't need, you just don't need PC. You don't need one of these stupid graphics cards from NVIDIA. Sounds like We're Apple. We're going to give you everything. It's <laughs> everything yeah. on the motherboard. I get what you're saying, and that idea, that concept does suck. It doesn't necessarily have to be HBM2 on die, but I think there's something they could do better. I just, I don't see how this is a zero-sum game, though. I mean, like, it's not like, I mean, the whole point of the PC is that we have openness, and what we're talking about here is having one more option, not that we're replacing the entirety of well, the of the PC desktop uh, <laughs> ecosystem. No, I, look, I'm being, I, I'm obviously being extreme because that's how I am. But I think, do I think there will be awesome kick-ass APUs from AMD coming soon? Yeah, I think there will be. There will be definitely realistically amazing APUs coming from uh, AMD. And I also think there's going to be some pretty awesome integrated graphics. You know, they don't call them APUs, but let's face it, Intel uh onboard graphics are going to get pretty nice too really soon now do i think it's worth trying to chase trying to compete with a 180 dollar graphics card i don't i just don't think it, it's ever worth it i just but they're not necessarily competing with that they're looking for um, uh it's like what we're arguing here which is all theoretical to begin with it's just <laughs> it's just that we're looking to like for more ways to target a segment that would be normally uh like 
the console space, right? Like you're offering those console gamers a reason to get into the PC ecosystem, which I would think of all people you'd be in favor of, Gordon. <laughs> no, I look, it's just, a, I have, I have, oh, I just think it just feels like I've been through this so many times in the past. And that's just why I'm so jaded because every time people think we're going to make this, it's going to chase us. There's a market here. There's a market here. There ain't no damn market here. It always <laughs> ends up being a box with a graphics card, a CPU, some RAM and storage. And it's just like every time people chase that, it's just, and it looks like it may go somewhere and never goes anywhere. And it just ends up being like, you know what? It's a, the, the money is just not worth it there. And I've just seen it fail so many times in the past. That's why I just think it's just not worth it. You know, you might just make an invisible one, launch it, never sell it. And it will be as, as successful as the one you did launch and spend all the money on. Cause it ain't never worked in the past. It's not going to work in the future. And that's, it's just, I've, I've seen failure too many times. I think it's going to work. I, I just don't, you know, it would be cool. But I, I just don't think it's there. I just don't think the market is there, and I don't think it's worth spending valuable R&D on it when you can get a hell of a great gaming PC for $500 now, $600. Although current graphics market is not as great as it would be. But, you know, hey, if you're running older parts, it's still pretty good, you know? Maybe a reason to get a cheaper APU kind of base system, you know? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Hey, you know what? And look, look, let's... Consoles got nothing. They can't say nothing about availability, right? Because their fans Actually, are more bad. angry as us. Oh, yeah, because you can go run down and buy one every day, right? It's just not – everybody's just slammed right now. They're selling everything. I just I just don't think yeah. it's worth chasing. Uh, it's like the whole handheld. We talked about handhelds. It's like, come on. How many times have I seen the promise of PC handheld gaming? No, never. Never, ever. Don't waste – it's cool. Look at I like the – to get all people all jazzed about it ain't never going to happen. Never going to be successful. Sorry. Never say never, except this time when I'm going to say never. <laughs> uh, well, it, maybe the answer here is never. Uh, but Rick, Ricky Ortiz is asking, is it worth buying an Alienware graphics amplifier right now for my Alienware laptop? I don't say yes. what kind of laptop they have. But. The answer is yes. I can expand, but Please. Amplifier is actually better than Thunderbolt 3 and 4 in some ways for external graphics. It's proprietary. They actually throw more lanes at it. And it's funny, you know, people all get all concerned about the lack of PCIe lanes in the new Ryzen parts because it is uh, it is eight lanes of PCIe 3.0. A lot of Alienware laptops with Amplifier have cut the by 16 connection in half to dedicate half of that to the Amplifier. And that is a great deal when you compare that to Thunderbolt, because Thunderbolt really is, especially with a new generation of cards, is not looking the best for external graphics. So Amplifier is a great solution. You're getting more performance. The box is ugly. It's made of plastic. But for a long time, they were selling them on Amazon for 170 bucks for the power supply. You got USB ports on it. And I remember the first amplifier I reviewed, I got in arguments with a guy from Australia saying, this is ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing in the world. You've now turned your gaming laptop into a desktop. Well, you know what? If you have a 970M-based Alienware laptop and the 970M is not doing it anymore, that amplifier port on that five-year-old laptop is looking pretty damn sweet now because now you can get an amplifier for a good price put a new graphics card in it and just 
give that laptop all kinds of performance. Never, every other laptop of that exact same vintage would go nowhere. They would be dead in the water. You'd be just stuck with that 970M graphics card. So the Amplifier, I think it's worth it. Do it if it's a good price. I mean, and you, you already have the laptop, so yeah. Yeah, so I think it was awesome. Currently $230 on the Dell website. That's Which still is a lot better than most external Thunderbolt based docs. I mean, it's about it's not the same. It's about the same range. Yeah, yeah it like depends on the, which one you get. Like it's on the know. lower end, so it's I mean definitely it's a better price, but but it's I mean, not you're as guaranteed cheap as it to get to be. better performance. Yeah, it just you have to yeah. have an Alienware laptop. But if yeah. you already have one, then great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not arguing against it. This might be a the second gen. Isn't there a second gen? I don't know if they did a second gen of the amplifier. I think they still basically have a Indiana Jones warehouse of the first gen ones. Yeah. They were they were big. They were plasticky. You know, you'd open them up and the plastic would kind of wobble a little bit. But to be honest, the price is right, right? And the performance is right. So hell, for a nine, think, think of that. There were no nine se- 900 class GPUs that you could run external graphics on. No gaming laptops. So those Alienware laptops have a big uh, leg up. Sure, they're not laptops anymore, but it's certainly not much of a gaming laptop at that point either. They can still be laptops. You can take them with you. I mean, if you're going to be sitting and gaming on the thing, you're probably sitting and gaming at a set location, your home, your office, something like yeah. that. You're, you can still unplug it and take it to work or whatever. Yeah. And uh, my hope... Uh... For, for people who are interested in the subject, uh, I, I already did the testing, already shot a lot of the video of the uh, sticking a 3080 into an eGPU uh, just to see what it was like. So I, I can't probably, wait to watch that. Yeah, it's probably not going to come out this week, but I'm, I'm aiming for next week. Uh, You're going to trigger a lot of people, my friend. Yeah, Willis is on the edit. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah. Did you look at, Adam, did you look at running the display on the hooked up to the graphics card too? Because I'm interested to see. The last time I did it was with the uh, Alienware, and I did it with you know UHD. With it must have been like ten series Pascal parts. So well, I'm wondering what. Like, what like it's last like time, I, I did it in four different configurations. One is just the 3080 in my full tower. One is the integrated the, the laptop I have right now has a, a 2070, I think, uh, non super. Uh, and then for the eGPU, yeah, I did one with the eGPU running on the laptop's monitor, and then one with the eGPUs uh, running to an external monitor with the laptop monitor off. So, yeah, four different scenarios for, for each of the games I tested. It's, it's mm. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, anyway, let's get back to some uh, some questions. Uh, da, 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 da. Dang it, I lost it. Uh, here we go. Uh, Babest7 uh, is asking, uh, would it be better to get my friend a thin and light laptop with an eGPU or wait for 5000 series and RTX 3000 mobile parts. Um, use case would be school slash Zoom most of the time, but then some great gaming afterwards. I would go, you know, I'm really, I'm intrigued by that um, Zephyrus. I mean, the answer might be that that Flow 13, right? Oh, the raw Flow yeah. X13. Because it is essentially 2.8 lap. 2.8 pound laptop with 1650 and Ryzen 5000, and then a a proprietary external 3080 mobile part that um, you know because it has all the power and all the thermals dedicated into the cabinet should give you as good or if not better gaming performance than a bigger gaming laptop. And if it is school, then I guess the thought is then you 
you undock it, you bring it to class or whatever, and then you leave the GPU at home or your your dorm. Yeah, no, that might be a good solution. Good. I feel like the first question, really, in response, I would have is, "What's the price range?" Right? Like, what, where do we cap out at? Don't ask that, Elena. <laughs> the thing, the thing about external docks is they're super cool, but they add hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like we were just talking about two hundred and thirty or whatever bucks for an Alienware amplifier, and that's you know a good price for an external dock. And then you got to buy the inflated graphics card on top of that if you can find one. Uh, so, like, if I was trying to figure that out for myself, I'd want to figure out how long am I looking to really hold on to this laptop? Is it worth it to invest all this extra side money if I'm going to replace my laptop in three, four, five years anyway? Because if you get a 3070 or 3080 laptop right now, it's going to hold up pretty well for, you know, four or so years, four or five years. So, Also, if you buy into a Thunderbolt 3-based eGPU, that thing, the the life on that is going to be just as long. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. hopefully the newer versions will come out and exceed that. That's my that's my hope. The Uh, issue more right now is getting an actual discrete GPU. (laughs) Yeah, just saying. I mean, yeah, if if you can, if if there's more laptop stock out there and there's there's nice gaming hardware, uh, yeah. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> like, like my my personal take on that question is to get the thin and light just because like assuming that we go back to normal life, it'll make it a lot easier for school to take it in your backpack. Um, so thin and light with eGPU and discrete GPU are. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if you can't actually get a discrete GPU like for an affordable price, then you're going to have to go with option number two. So it kind of decides it for you. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they- I do think a conventional you know gaming laptop is a really because they these these i mean the performances can suffer but you're getting really really good gaming performance out of four and a half pound laptop 15 inch screen it's really portable you know i if the young person in college should be able to carry that around so it is a nice you always have it with you versus the external doohickeys you got to hook up i think that's a very nice Nice package too, if willing to go that four and a half plus the power brick route. Yeah, those tend to be more expensive. The the lighter weight gaming laptops. <sighs> I'm just saying. I don't know what this person's budget is. We just I'm trying to cover the whole range. I mean, if if they're already uh, looking at an eGPU based setup, they should know that uh, it's it's going to be expensive. You're 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 probably looking at a thousand dollars for an eGPU based setup anyway. So well, but also the the requirements are <laughs> kick ass kick ass gaming and Ryzen five thousand too, right? Isn't that sort of the it seems to me that that's already you're not really going to be concerned that is a sub $1000 laptop so yeah uh their but, third yeah. option is uh or just buy a ps5 i would say it <laughs> <laughs> or hey you know what you get a really nice chromebook and run geforce experience see i did it GeForce Now GeForce for now, Brad, yeah. I know. I can't keep those GeForce things. I did it for you, Brad. I threw that plan. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, some more. Do uh, I still get my check? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, question from uh, Robot Stabber. Uh, is cool. the 5900X a more future-proof gaming CPU than the 5800X or 5600X? I'm looking to... No. Okay, easy. Uh, I'm looking to build... They're a... all fine. <laughs> Is that the stabbing robot, like from, from Futurama? Wasn't there a stabbing robot? I swear there was a stabbing robot, but I uh, think there was. The I, uh, uh, go ahead. 
Oh, I'm just going to say he's expanding. I'm looking to build a new system just for gaming that will last me as long as possible with one or two GPU upgrades. My current system has a 4790K that has lasted me a long time, and I want something similar. I figure that games will continue to use more cores, and I want to be able to multitask, yada, yada, yada. It's the 5900X overkill for this. Uh, yes. <laughs> the 5900X is overkill, full stop. Uh the 5600X, I think, would hold you just fine. It's very likely that'll hold you just as long as that Intel part did. If you really wanted to, you know, play safe versus sorry, uh, you could get the A-Core 5800X, because in that case, it'll match what's going on in the consoles. But the 5900X is just going to be too much for gaming for the foreseeable future. Not too much. I mean, I'm sure there will be edge case games that will take advantage of everything. But from a practical standpoint, 5600X or 5800X. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to do it. 5900X is really if you need that core count. And you know you need it. You know, that's for content creation, media creation tasks. For what it's worth, I tend to hold on to my systems for about five years or so, four or five years. And I have the first gen 1800X, and I'm looking to get the 5600X. So I don't mind the decreased core core count to get the increased IPC. I think that's more important. So I hold on to my systems for about five years, and I'm looking to get the six-core one. And the other thing is, if you do a 5600X um, in a you know modern motherboard, you can then put in a higher core count part if they're cheaper later on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, streaming, because uh, Brad got triggered with GeForce Now, uh, Dennis Siberian <laughs> asked, uh, what is the fastest solution for local or private game streaming? Which is obviously a bit different than cloud streaming, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and this is something I, you know, I, I've used Steam Link, uh, but I, I mean, I haven't yeah. used that in a while. Uh, Steam, they all work pretty well, but the same as with cloud gaming, uh, there can be issues in latency-based games, especially if you're in like a place where it's congested, like if you're in a big apartment building, you'd get worse performance if you're playing over Wi-Fi than me out here in the mountains. Uh, but Steam in-home streaming is great. And I believe you can do that outside of your house now. I don't think it's local connections anymore. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that might be a great option. AMD Link, if you have an AMD graphics card, that's a good option there. Uh, functions essentially the same way, uh, except for it's not tied to Steam like Steam is. You can just stream your games. Uh, huh. And NVIDIA, I'll obviously, I forget the name, whatever they call it. NVIDIA also offers streaming services, and there is a third-party tool called Moonlight that hooks into that, that brings it to even more devices and stuff like that. Uh, All three of them work great. The vendor-specific ones aren't just tied to Steam, which is the biggest issue with Steam, you know, in-home streaming. Although a workaround for that is you can set up a non-executable, like if you have a, a origin game, you can set up non-Steam games in Steam. You, there's a process to do that, and you mm-hmm. can have it open up origin and do that. And in which case, that'll all work, and you can use it in Steam and home stream. It's a little bit more setup, but it works. But they all work fine. They all work fine. Okay. God, I've got like five of those Steam Link things. Yeah, yeah I, I know I you were stocking up on them. Yeah. Well, because they would keep. I keep doing it, Elena. It's like what? It's like it's, it's <laughs> five bucks. It was like five, five bucks at the end. I walked up to like a GameStop up on Market Street one day and we're like, yeah, we five dollars is like, that's crazy. I like, and I keep finding them too. I was like, oh, I, cause I'm like, 
My my son like, oh, you know, I, it's so and so's birthday. I was like, how about giving him a Steam Link? He's like, no, no. I was like, yeah, really, it's brand new, it's not used. Let's give him the Steam. No, they don't want it. There's a reason it's five dollars, Gordon. No, I just I just realized like nobody. I mean, that is the weakness. I I'm not even sure. We tried to hear over wireless. It's not great. I think over LAN it's better. But I, I mean, yeah, I always like, use mine wired. Yeah, yeah. But the latency is almost gonna like, uh, you know, if you're really gonna play games, does the latency of any of the services ever? It just always kills me. Why not just do it? I mean, the latency of of that computer under next to your legs is just like infinitely like more it. than. It is, but it's I mean, experience. it's nice for me. I used to like uh, after I work, I sit here in my office and I work all day. I don't necessarily want to sit in my office chair and continue to do my leisure activities. I've enjoyed like bringing a laptop into bed and playing Civ or whatever or a game like that where the latency doesn't matter as much. I used to play XCOM two on a crappy notebook, laying in bed just because I could, and it was yeah. great. So. Yeah, there's plenty of games <laughs> that don't need to worry about latency. So yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, actually, then there's some. Uh, there's uh, I, I don't have it, but I, I, I'm pretty sure the newest version of the uh, uh, the Amber Inc. Uh, or maybe uh, maybe it's I, I can't remember. The, there's another model out there that has Steam Link uh, built into it. It's it's Android based, uh, so you can actually stream your your PC to your your little handheld. Uh, I, I, I don't have one of those in yet, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. cool too. I think it's just gonna get mad at stocking stuffers at some point. <laughs> they're like what is this uh, we're gonna find them at our desks when we yeah. go back to the office <laughs> uh okay let's go back to the the question bucket uh no cloud had an interesting question last year uh what technologies do you work with that are cool slash frustrating love slash hate uh, their example is 4k 4k is beautifully frustrating meaning it's beautiful when it gets you know when you got the power to run it but also you need a lot of power and it's yeah I have. Go ahead. I was going to say Windows itself, which, <laughs> frankly, sorry Linux people, yeah. it enables PC gaming. It is Windows. It's all about DirectX. But let me tell you, you do you log into Windows. I was complaining about it this morning, and you give it you give it network access, and now it basically will not let you go into Windows without creating an account or logging into an account. That drives me insane. Mm-hmm. And it's an insane feature that Microsoft really should really think like, you know what? We're going down the wrong path. It ain't a phone. Android phones you can log into without an account. I don't know if Apple does that, but that is not the path you need to force people into. I'm really glad they slowed down the pace of upgrades, actually. They don't have the two big, huge releases. It's more of a one big release and one iterative release each year. Because Windows 10's had some issues, man. Like, I really enjoy it. I think it's good. But up until last year or so, like, they were copy and paste bugs. Like, it would not reliably copy if I hit copy. And it was 2020. It's like, what's going on here? But anyway, I agree with Gordon. Windows can be frustrating. Uh, but for me, the answer is HDR on the PC. Uh, some of that ties into Windows, some of that ties into games, some of that ties into graphics cards, but it's still, it's a lot better than it was, but it is a buggy mess that can often turn your screen gray for reasons that it shouldn't be, and things just get tripped up. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's, I, I want to love it because HDR is wonderful. I think HDR is actually more visually striking than playing in 4K, 
but it's just way too inconsistent on the PC. Tie, tie vote goes to networking. Uh, I love fast networks, but I absolutely hate anything to do with routers. It's always ends in tears and two calls to Comcast. Elena, anything? Um, uh, so I have to admit that I was in the middle of uh, bringing down the mod uh, hammer on somebody when you were asking the question, oh, so I need you. to repeat it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's a technology you work with that, that you love, but it's frustrating, so... Uh, just in general, I guess. Tech, yeah. I mean, I would say networking can be kind of a headache, like like Brad was saying. But uh, I guess this is a little bit of a stretch. But I really just hate how like DRM gets in the way of certain things. Like, like, like 4K Blu-ray support on the PC is just like garbage. It is absolutely trash. And I, I honestly, I know why because of the DRM stuff. But I just think that it's dumb that like you're forced to watch that stuff uh let's say legally on a tv yeah and it breaks in games even it it brings down performance games that remove the nouveau and stuff like that they wind up getting performance gains so i agree with you as well <laughs> just a love fest today <laughs> I'd, I'd say i'd say once again mine is probably egpu i love the idea oh the idea of it is just so awesome but oh man does it not work like <laughs> i wish it did uh, yep. yeah, it's, it's pretty rough sometimes yeah uh all right we got a question over on twitch uh thanks elena for watching the twitch um miami Kane miami cans canes uh asks is a usb canes miami hurricanes adam oh there we go okay <laughs> don't get blown away by the hurricanes uh is a usb c pcie card to output graphics better than display port A USB-C PCIe card? I've never even heard of that. I guess I'm not. I I, I think I'm trying put, to understand that. Like a like a over uh, over Thunderbolt, like uh, display displaying out over USB-C better than DisplayPort. Well, uh, I mean, I think that Thunderbolt and the way that Thunderbolt processes graphics out to monitors and stuff is just piggybacking the DisplayPort technology, right? It's all yeah. the same underlying thing. It's just alternate mode over USB-C. So I'm guessing you're saying plugging in USB-C to a USB-C port. That's just DisplayPort. But versus plugging into, say, DisplayPort or HDMI or whatever, DVI, that VGA, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to matter too much. I think, um, you know, obviously DisplayPort is probably preferred for all of them. But I, th I think... A Thunderbolt or a USB-C and a DisplayPort will be functionally the same thing. Like if I had to test a graphics card and I had to, for whatever reason, use a USB-C monitor, I wouldn't fret about it whatsoever. Yeah. Just remember, not all ports on a desktop um, support alternate mode. This is yeah. on a laptop. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I've got a question. Uh, I'm going to try to parse together a little bit from Rod. Rostad89, they're building a PC from scratch. Uh, they'd like to spend up to a max of $3,000. I'm thinking about using 1200 of those dollars for the CPU and GPU. Uh, they're going to stream and game at the same time. What would you go for, parts-wise, for CPU and GPU? Good Lord, I mean, is that even enough money? <laughs> no, that's plenty. Like, oh, that's plenty. plenty. 3000 is plenty. Yeah. I mean, is it okay. even with today's prices? Today's prices, maybe not. Just get as much as you can. 
I would I would get at least an eight core uh, CPU would be my recommendation, and as much graphics cards as you can can throw at it. There are a lot of dedicated Twitch streamers and stuff like that who tackled this very question, and you would be better off asking those people who do this day in and day out what they recommend for them in yeah. specs. It just feels like that is if you're looking at $3,000 and you're spending less than 50% on your CPU and GPU, it feels like <clears throat> your budget should be dialed up the other way. Cause where else is that money going? Maybe storage. Well, that doesn't seem like if you're, you need a lot of storage if you plan on recording everything. Yeah, but still shouldn't, I always feel like a, a balanced gaming PC should spend more than definitely more than 50% on the CPU and GPU. So well, I'm not 14, sure where 1400 the, bucks theoretically would get you a 5900 or a 5800 and a 3080 or a, I said, a Radeon. But didn't he or C shape say $1200? They said they, they like to, but yeah. They like to. But my question, real quick, since it seems like you're active in chat, are you including a monitor in that figure? Because that oh, would also yeah. influence it as well. Uh, that yeah. would explain why it's only twelve hundred and not more. That that would yeah. make sense, yeah. If they got a monitor and all like mouse keyboard, all the extras. Uh, or RGB. Remember, at least thirty percent of that should go into RGB. <laughs> maybe that's what part of it's for. Like maybe they're doing some like custom like loop stuff. Who knows? I can't believe how expensive oh, yeah. RGB is. It's crazy. Oh yes. But yeah. Uh, Speaking of RGB, uh, Liquidar had a question. Uh, this is a good one for Elena. Uh, with how popular RGB lighting and flashy styles are with gamers, why have case manufacturers not more broadly adopted offering bolder color options? Is it a purely a cost issue? Is it fear, fear of getting stuck with a, a, a lot of a color option that's not popular? What do you think, Elena? I haven't asked. I will start making a point of asking. But my my gut says that it just has to do with what's going to sell through white and black are really easy common colors and honestly white is if you've been around the pc space for a long time white is kind of a new addition relatively speaking <laughs> <laughs> i mean nzxt is interesting in that it has more color options than a lot of other manufacturers for their h uh, series especially like the h510 um but even then, they kind of get away with it with like coloring the bar, which maybe costs less than doing the whole chassis. But for me, I think it just has to do with what's going to sell through. You know, it's just easier to go with really common colors. And then, you know, you leave it to people to spray paint their own or have someone do it for them. Yeah, Corsair has, they, they have black and white, but they, they then have the little color accents, like you said. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's their branding. I don't like yeah. that because it's their branding. Well, I mean, but I, that, like, that's how I think they're trying to get some color in there, you know? But uh, I think the question is more about, like, colors that you would like, want. Right? Like, yeah. why isn't there a purple case? Why isn't there, like, a... I would kill for a purple a, case. Like, a Noctua-compatible, like, sorry, old-school Noctua-compatible, like, wood tone color, right? So on and so forth. I don't think they're talking about um, company branding. Although NZXT's company branding is purple, so <laughs> there should be a purple case. I agree with you. I think it's just based on what people will buy. I'm not sure if it was our full nerd with Corsair, if I was watching somebody else's video in the past, but someone basically said exactly that. Like, we would love to have more options. We've tried them in the past, but, you know, then we round up with 20,000 red cases sitting in a warehouse mm -hmm. somewhere. And with cases especially, uh, they're massive. They're much different from a graphics card. You can ship a ton of graphics cards in a shipping container. You can ship much fewer K 
cases in a shipping container and yet it takes a lot more room to store them. So there's a ton more logistics costs, not even counting, you know, the cost of having to set up the different line to get that color on there. It might take different materials depending on what you're using. Uh, if they saw a market for it, they would definitely do it. There's actually been a lot of movement in the case space recently, I think, but it's, it's all logistics. And it's, it's in demand. Too. Regional mm-hmm. too. I'm going to guess that you'll see more like uh, potential for like a gold or a red option in Asia. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily here. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Risky. It's probably dating myself, but I, have, I used to be a big fan of PC modding. And that's still out there, and it's not as hard as you think. Just to sand your case and give it a spray paint coat. Yeah. Uh, Jay actually has a great video about that. Yeah, Jay has great videos about that. If you're ever interested in diving deeper on that, look up uh, Bill Owen, MNPC Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Him has too. all kinds of awesome stuff. Yeah. Both videos that explain stuff. He sells all kinds of stuff. He has a CNC machine shop. Like, rather than getting bummed about not buying to buy a purple case, make your own case purple. Give it a shot. It'll feel like much more your own when you're done with it. Yeah, but it is very much fashion, right? I mean, yeah. there's a reason why black never goes out of fashion. If you had every single piece of clothes in your closet was black, you would never go out of fashion. So, mm-hmm. work for Johnny your Cash. Funky ass Miami Vice outfit. Yeah, that, that's. <laughs> That's not coming out for decades. White suit. I've been wearing Hawaiian shirts for 30 years, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it Come is on. very much fashion. You can see a case maker say, yeah, you know, and the, the margins are so small on these things. And the people are so finicky with fashion. Just like, you know what? You make it black. 99% of the PC cases are black because that's what sells. Yeah, the cool thing about RGB, because that's what really started this thing, is it can be any color you want. So they can say, hey, we put strips of RGB lights in here. Now you can pick whatever color you want. And you can turn it off and have no RGB. So it's like a, a real cost-effective way of giving you some of that personality without sinking all that cost into red panels all over your case. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rostad uh, did follow up, said uh, they have a monitor. Miss- they're missing a keyboard. Thinking of a 3060 Ti or a 3080, but the 3080 nowadays goes for a minimum 800 in Norway, where they're at. Uh, but they're saying 700 or 1700 for CPU GPU is is uh, maybe more acceptable for their yeah, setup. 1200 to 700 Norway prices are different, but I think if you get in that eight or 12 core AMD chip and anywhere from a 3060 Ti through a 3080 or the Radeon equivalents. Like, you'll have a rocking machine. You'll be able to go. I would probably, if you're looking to stream, I would recommend NVIDIA because they tend to be better on the streaming side of things. Um, I would say that uh, Brad's suggestion about, like, looking up streamers who talk about their setups would help a lot. But just Mm -hmm. from my own experience streaming, I would say that uh, right now I'm using a 2700X. And that works fine for simultaneous uh, stream and gaming, but I haven't introduced recording into the mix. And I know once you introduce recording into the mix, you're probably going to want more cores for that. Mm, it, if, if it depends on what encoder you're using, sometimes it can use the, the, the same encoder and, and be fine. Not, not, oh, okay. That, Cause that's, that's what I do uh, for full nerd here. Um, also remember to put uh, money aside for the gaming chair and beanie. So I was going to, I was waiting for you to say beanie. Oh, and a hoodie. <laughs> And a hoodie. It could be 180 degrees in your office. You have to have your hoodie on. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, no Cloud asked, uh, does it seem uh, to you that too many companies are putting their eggs in the TSMC basket? What happens if they stumble or something uh, Something they make stumbles? Uh, what's their customer's backup plan? 
They're the best. The backup plan would be Samsung at this point. That's where NVIDIA went. Uh, the thing is, AMD used to diversify, and they had uh, they would go to Global Foundries. A bunch of other people did too, but I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. Global Foundry said they're no longer going to be doing cutting-edge process nodes, which is what 7 nanometer is, 5 nanometer soon, or it is with the new iPhone or M1, I guess. But if you want the best, if you want to be pushing the bleeding edge, you got to be on the bleeding edge of process technology, and that's where TSMC is right now, especially with Intel stumbling. Hopefully Intel's you know, 10 nanometer parts reverse that, and we'll have two different companies pumping out high-end processors and stuff. But Intel, unless something drastically changes, isn't going to open its doors to build rival chips. So like TSMC and Samsung are the only options. Yeah, and you know TSMC, the big risk to me, I would think, is um, not that they're going to stumble, although there's some you know people saying that 5 nanometer is not doing so hot, but who knows. Uh, what, I, what I think the more concern to me is – Taiwan is a it's it's on the volcanic rim and it gets earthquakes and occasionally you have these shakers you shut down the fab for a few weeks or a few days that's not good uh, the good news is TSMC is apparently building a fab in Arizona so they are diversifying you know that's probably for political reasons too um, but it is probably good to have your fabs spread around the world sometimes. Okay. All right. Uh, we got one more serious one and one more funny one. Uh, Liquidar had asked uh, a little earlier, uh, I have a general NDA question. Let's say Gordon is working with a part that is under NDA. If someone else in PC World slash Full Nerdcast by chance sees some of Gordon's work, are they prohibited by the NDA to discuss what they saw? I would guess yes, or it would be too big of a loophole. Uh, would that be the case if the non-NDA personnel saw info from an outside source? Could they then discuss that before embargo is up, or would you decline for personal uh, professional courtesy? Well, for uh, obviously, as a professional, you 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 give your word. Your word is worth more than, frankly, I think a lawyer. What a lawyer will say, the lawyers will disagree. And the NDA is not necessarily with me; it is also with the organization. I represent the organization, and they ain't going to sue me because I ain't got nothing to take. Right? <laughs> They're going to sue somebody who has something to take. So, yes, if uh, any of the others knew exactly what I knew, they couldn't talk either. One, for professional reasons, and two, they also work for the same organization, as well as, say, a freelancer, which, you know, you do compartmentalize information. But if, say, a freelancer knew, they would also understand that they were under the same embargo and would not be able to discuss it. I... uh and even NDAs are the formal things uh, where you sign paperwork sent over, legal paperwork and whatnot. Uh, and those are paying the butt. We actually get our lawyers to look at those before we sign any of them. Uh, much more common is less formal embargoes, they're called. They're just like, hey, we'll send you this. Don't talk about it till XYZ date. We're like, yeah, of course, no problem. Even in those less formal ways, once you agree to it, you're agreeing to it for the organization. Like none of us would break that, at least not intentionally. Uh, so yeah, you know, and as far as the news question goes, uh, if I was under NDA for something, I would not report on information that I got that corroborates that from third party sources. So if I had agreed to go under NDA with NVIDIA and I have all the speeds and feeds and architecture information about a thing they're announcing in three days, 
and I hear from a board partner all these things, you know, the day before the launch, I wouldn't go around NVIDIA and try to claim, hey, but I heard it from this other person because that's sketchy and doesn't work out well for anyone. Uh, that being said, if I wasn't under NDA for anything and I heard information that I could corroborate from multiple sources, I would have no problems reporting on that. <laughs> well, I think they were they were also expanding on the idea of, hey, so and so at another outlet also has, uh, or maybe you don't know if they're under the same NDA. Uh, would would you discuss? Uh, say they are under the same NDA. Hey, we both took an uh, embargoed or a, mm -hmm. a pre brief. They have an NDA. We have an NDA. Would you talk with outside sources? No, you can't do that. Uh, you, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, people do talk. I mean, you wind up the same people review graphics cards, the same people review GPUs, the same people like you know who you're working with. You have professional relationships. So you have a you have a gist for who you're around. Sometimes things will get brought up in conversation, just as a sanity check. Like we've talked before about. Uh, like AMD, NVIDIA, Intel sending over reviewer guides with numbers in them kind of a thing. If you know one of your professional colleagues, one of you know the other people who typically get these, likely have the same part, and you're like, whoa, I'm getting real weird numbers in Cinebench for this. What are you getting out of that? That's like the extent of it. You would never go around each other and just say, oh, I heard from this person that this – you wouldn't spill the beans on the NDA citing them as a source. Yeah. Not, not as you wouldn't report on the news, but you certainly will occasionally talk to somebody. I generally don't as a reviewer yeah. because, you know, I like to be blind. You want to be yeah. blind to it, but you know there are there. I have certainly in the past talked to people because things got freaky, and you just really want to know if it's just me because sometimes you, you know more the so I think I'm screwing up rather than I think the company. Sometimes I don't think the hardware companies actually know the answer, so you do want to get somebody you can trust but i also have had situations where you go like look i am under embargo i'm under an nda whether signed or verbal or just scouts honor i can't go talk you can't at that point yeah. go like hey did so and so tell you about this because yeah. you have essentially disclosed it you can't you basically can't talk to any about it unless you know that they're under the same thing and now sometimes you know that because you you see them at the event so you know you can talk to them that's one thing but i can't go and say hey i want to talk to somebody without how do i talk about it if i'm not allowed to ask them about it there's there's a lot of weird things that honorable people will go through to try not to screw things up to what your word is and then, you know so it gets really weird it's yeah. like it's similar to when you're invited to a wedding and you're not certain if the other person you're talking to is invited to the wedding. Yeah. So you just don't talk about it. And you're just like, I'll just wait to see if they show up to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. But if they if they bring it up, it's like, hey, you going to the wedding? Oh, yeah, I'll see you there. That's, that's one. <laughs> yeah. That's but what if they're just trying to get something out of you? <laughs> is that a good thing, though? I mean, I enjoy weddings. I love weddings. Relatives, definitely. But like. I'm okay with like, yeah, I, oh, I miss that wedding. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Don't have to put on a monkey suit and get cleaned up and go somewhere. No, that's, I could see a party. You know, you might get insulted if you didn't go to a party. That's, that's a, that's a bummer, but. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, great question. Great question. Oh, I have a follow-up to that. Please. You ever get invited to weddings overseas? 
Isn't that pretty much, don't you think, like... Is that a flex, you, Gordon? You got, yeah. you got fancier friends than I do, man. <laughs> no, I get invited to winning all the time overseas. <laughs> no, but really, we're like, well, because I had a friend get a wedding overseas, and it's just like, it's like, that's pretty much, that's like telling your friends that you like, it's okay. Don't I, don't, I don't expect you to spend $4,000 in airfare to come to this. So I just think it's, that's sort of like your excuse. But sometimes I think people do the wedding overseas, and then they like... Are you going to come? It's like, uh, are you like serious? You really want me to <laughs> to go to this place at the height of tour season when airfare is $1,200 for this ticket and then to pay $300 a night for a hotel? It's like, no, I can't afford that. But Don't forget Hashtag. a wedding gift. Hashtag rich friends problems. <laughs> no, it's not a vendor. So that's the thing is, it's not a rich friend. And, you know, luckily, I right, will say it's like, friends. I will say it's like, oh, you know what? Wife is pregnant, and it's the last month. You can't travel. They don't let you fly. It's like, oh, I can't go. <laughs> yeah, that makes it easy. All right. Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, weddings and dresses, uh, VC Jester gave us $2 super chat. Thank you. Uh, and has been asking for a long time. Uh, oh, Gordon, oh Gordon, you you did a video. I'm going to paste it in the, uh, the chat here. Uh, a video a while ago. Uh, let me see what the, the product was because I forgot already. It was the um, the Digital Storm Eventum where you were you wore a dress in that Hardcore Hardware episode. Uh, yes. Would, would you like to explain why you wore a dress in that episode of Hardcore Hardware? I, I can't even remember why, but basically that is Adam and Dan, our uh, previous uh, producer. They would always <laughs> – I don't – I think they would just simply come up with the dumbest things in the world to see if I would say no to anything. <laughs> and my policy is whatever the whatever the video people want me to do, I will do it. It's just sort of like there's one, not even the dress one, but there's one I'm sitting on the outside of the building and I'm being sprayed with water. I'm in my underwear. <laughs> oh, I sitting totally in forgot chair. about that one. Yes. <laughs> and we shot because it in slow-mo. No. Oh, man. Yes. I need to go find yes. that. Oh, I, because I can't remember. I um my job is to I'm I'm told I'm hired for a job oh and I'm not going to say no. That's oh man, that sounds like some PTSD right there. Gordon. Don't don't you remember that video where it was like, hey, you know what? We're going to have you do VR and literally try to make you throw up and try to make you throw up. <laughs> we and I literally did. No, Tyler. The shrimp he bought, I swear to God, was like old. <laughs> he bought old. The shrimp should not smell like that. And it had been oh, sitting no. out for a while. You 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 chug, you you poured a can of uh, cream and mushroom soup just straight oh, out of the can. God. The condensed it makes me stuff. sick just right. thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, chug yeah, some milk. So I think, oh my! God. I think I'm sure Tyler was like, "Hey, are you going to throw that out? I'll buy it." And he left it in the dashboard of his car for a few hours. That stuff was, and I ate it. And then Tyler probably I, took I, it home and ate I, the rest of himself. Uh, but, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can <laughs> confirm that, yes, uh, I, I will put a lot of the blame on Dan, though. Dan definitely did have Dan, a, a sick fascination of being like, oh, man, what is the dumbest thing we can get Gordon to do? And, yes, yeah. we, we knew that no matter what, Gordon would never say no. Uh, and we used to push Oh, that sounds like a bad that. situation. <laughs> anyway, no, that's, that's why I live on the other side of the country, to stay away <laughs> from Adam in the video team. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I, I think say, Dan just wanted to make me look crazy is what it was. right? I mean, Hardcore I mean, Hardware was... was a pretty extreme series, you know, so, yeah. you know, the idea of going extreme with it. Uh, it's Dan. I wouldn't say that he was trying to get you. Dan just likes to prank people. True. 
Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I just never said no, because that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do when you have a job. You know, you get orders, you take the orders. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, you know, let me check the date on this. Uh, uh, this uh, might have actually been before my time. Oh, no, it wasn't. That actually, okay. that dress one might have been used from a different video, too. I forget. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe it was Mona's dress, too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, th- those were some good times. Yeah, I need, I need to find one. Getting, yeah. kicked in the, getting kicked in the privates by the dummy. I just can't think of like, <laughs> oh, and I ride a folding bike in San Francisco wearing a bowler hat and umbrella because that's English. That was the... <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was pretty funny. See, I did it, and I, I did somebody... in the rain. Yeah, people rain. honked to you uh, on that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, yep. Uh, yeah, uh, good times. Always a good time. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've we've come to the end of this good time. So, Gordon, why don't you why don't you take us out? All right, check for your fix of. Oh damn it! I hit the keyboard. See Android. Check for your. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, if you're on the services, please leave a review. Every time you do, I wear a dress. Not really. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, show. Elena Yee. Hi, everyone. And Adam is going to hit the off switch. Hardcore!